Hey, everybody, it's Scott McKay. I'm the contributing editor of The American Spectator, also publisher of The Hayride, Reviver.com. Uh, and I'm the author of this thing back here, Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. It's All Obama, which is a brand new book that you can pick up on Amazon. Um, this is The Spectacle Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa McKenzie, the publisher of The American Spectator. Hey, Melissa, what's going on? Hey, Scott. Nothing much. Okay. Well, actually, there's a lot going on uh, because as you see this podcast, we had a result in New Hampshire. And of course, Donald Trump has won the New Hampshire primary. That was never really much in doubt. Um, Nikki Haley managed to increase her numbers from Iowa. And of course, this is going to fuel lots of discussion of Nikki Haley as the underdog who just might do it in the Republican primary. Melissa, what do you think of Nikki Haley's chances of winning a Republican nomination? I think they're slim zeros, zilch, and nil. The only chance she has is if something happens to Trump and not even if he got put in prison. If he gets put in prison, I actually think that he wins in a landslide. Um, if if he, you know, if he gets killed, then um DeSantis suspended his campaign, so it would be a fight between uh, Nikki Haley and DeSantis. But Nikki has really no real constituency except for Weasley Republicans and really Weasley Democrats. So yeah. the weasels in the middle, these uh, utopians who are always hoping for a third way, um, are voting for Nikki Haley. I want to say something about Nikki Haley, though. I've known her for a long time. I knew her back when she was a, you know, representative in South Carolina and before she became governor. And there were rumors about her fooling around um, back then with this local kind of look. <laughs> He's the Scott McKay of South Carolina. His name is... Okay. Okay. That <laughs> I'm going to take exception to that. I don't think that's right. I don't think you should say that. I, I and, say that he was like the conservative yeah. state blogger in South Carolina, but that's about as far as I'm willing to go on that. Okay. Well, it's kind of true though. But anyway, so his name is Will Folks. And back then um, he looks like a toe and he was claiming way back when that he had, you know, fooled around with Nikki Haley. And back years ago, I wrote, of debunking this whole thing because he was in cahoots with the campaign manager of Nikki Haley's primary for governor rival. And so when all of this was happening, it was kind of the setup job. There was money exchanged. Will Folks is not a reliable narrator. And my problem with all of that is that first off, it's kind of sexist, but second off, um, it, it actually takes the spotlight off of the real problem with Nikki Haley's candidacy, which is she will do anything and say anything for money, apparently. This is not how she started. She started as a very principled uh, House member. She was a great governor, actually. But something happened. And um, between then and now, and... She does not deserve, she does not represent the Republican Party as it now exists and doesn't represent America as it now exists. She represents an America that existed 
you know, the day after September 11th, 2001, you know, and that, that world has changed and uh, Nikki Haley is not responding to the world as it is today. And that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and I think she's done herself no favors by making these repeated sort of accusatory references to race. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, and I've said this and I'll say it again. I can't stop saying it. The, the thing that is worst about Nikki Haley is that she represents that Bush Republican, John McCain, Mitt Romney, kind of, you know, donor class driven, base betraying kind of Bush Republican, you know, DeSantis, when he dropped out of or suspended his campaign, said it was warmed over corporatism, which is a really good formulation. Yeah, she represents that. Okay. Um, but it's supposed to be new and fresh because Nikki Haley is like of Indian descent and female. And right. so you're supposed to accept Mitt Romney warmed over corporatism in a brand new package. And if you reject it, it's because you are racist and sexist. Right. I can't reject that strongly enough. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it is it, it is so manipulative and so nihilistic and narcissistic for her to go there. Um, you know, you're like people are um so beyond this race crap and they've been beyond the sex crap for a while okay i mean you know when they started doing the me too stuff and people saw how badly that got abused i think it was really the end of this garbage and she brings this stuff back out again and again and again as an effort to try to manipulate the voting public but she doesn't have the credibility to even begin the manipulation. And so what happens is, is people just say, I don't like her, I'm done. Um, and that's why, like, you know, she spent more money than anybody in Iowa, and she got 19%. And a lot of that 19% was Democrats who showed up, changed their party registration so they could vote for Haley. It's basically an Operation Chaos thing that's going on. And, of course, that happened uh, to a degree in South Carolina, not South Carolina, New Hampshire as well. But she's getting slaughtered in the polls for the South Carolina primary. And when you get to the closed primaries that come later, um, she's like not even, she's not, she's single digits. She's not even a blip on the screen. She's going to get annihilated. So the real question is, if she makes it to South Carolina and takes a beating from Trump there, like, do they keep her in the race kind of like John Kasich stuck around so it was an opportunity to go on cable TV and freaking trash the nominee, which is what Kasich did. Like, if you remember in 2016, at that point, Trump hadn't completely consolidated. It's Ted Cruz was still out there and he was viable. Right. And what needed to happen was that Kasich would get out so that would then have that one-on-one -on -one matchup with Trump that, you know, in hindsight, he, he wouldn't have won, but I mean, it was at the time we didn't know, right? Uh, and you know, the thing really is, needed a one-on-one -on -one debate. It would have been but closer. But wouldn't go away, and instead yeah. what he did was trash Trump. Right. Um, and I think Nikki Haley's like a John Kasich in the making without a Ted Cruz in the race, 
right? Uh, so the thing is totally nonsensical. Hopefully it ends and she goes away. Um, and hopefully, you know, and this is the other thing that's kind of a concern is hopefully Trump won't make her the VP. Yeah. Um, you know, because there were people initially who said that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And then like Trump Jr. is running around saying over my dead body with this happened. Uh, and hopefully he's got enough influence on his dad to, to make that happen well uh, here's my he... question for you do you think that um do you think that haley because marco rubio remember he lost the the primary um to trump in florida okay. and it really damaged him uh now oh, yeah. Nick, nikki haley isn't going to be running for anything again in south carolina so it's no big deal at least cruz won texas right so like you know i i don't know it's quite the rebuke even how she's polling in her own state so does she bow out before that humiliation or is this is, is this a woman who's beyond humiliation i mean we'll know more uh yeah. sooner rather than later the, the you know it right. could quite possibly be decided by the time people are actually listening to this podcast what she'll do right. but you know i i'm just genuinely curious because i just remember there was a marco rubio for a while thought that he was going to beat trump in florida and yeah. he got trounced and yeah. it was just like oh. well when that firewall came down there was no rationale for him to continue Right. Um, and, you know, South Carolina is a little ways off. So the question is, is do we even get that far? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but Trump has got all of these other politicians from South Carolina that are up in New Hampshire <laughs> stumping for him. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, <laughs> that doesn't look good that, you know, Haley doesn't even have the political class in South Carolina. Behind. Right. Um you know, but what she has is donors, right? She's got the, you know, that kind of old school, you know, Bush Republican donor class, mm -hmm. um, some of whom were backing DeSantis and I think did him more harm than good. And then they've all kind of switched over to Haley. Mm -hmm. They're not helping her, but I don't know that she's beyond help anyway. And so really this is, you know, it's like the never Trump uh, remnant. Um you know, that, that, uh, that's, you know, refuses to go away. Um, now, and here's the question I think we're going to start to find the answer to probably in the next week to 10 days. So, okay. Trump wins New Hampshire relatively, um, bigly, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, does Nikki Haley then start trying to negotiate an exit? Right. And what does she want for it? Right. Does she want to go back and be the U.N. ambassador? Does she now want to be secretary of state? Right. Does he give her those things? And I mean, typically speaking, this is kind of how it's negotiated. Right. I mean, but for a political deal, it's not like Pete Buttigieg had any real reason to be uh, transportation secretary. And we've seen what a disaster that is. But that was a payoff. Right. He could have mm -hmm. stuck in that race. Um, and who knows, he might, you know, put enough pressure on Biden, he might have made some inroads. Um, and, and I think probably almost certainly would have gotten beat by Trump if he had uh, gotten the nomination. But the point is, 
you know, Haley's camp may stick around and get her something. Um, oh, I can't, you know, the thing is, is that she's, well, you're right that that is usually how it happens, but she would be a menace no matter where she was put. And well, she, as much yeah. as Mike Pence was a menace to Trump on the DL and subversive, right. Nikki Haley would be way worse. Well, and of course, the grand example was George H.W. Bush as the vice mm -hmm. president to Ronald Reagan. Yes. Um, which, you know, in hindsight was the biggest mistake he made because yeah. you had a vice president that took over your legacy and systematically dismantled it mm -hmm. over the next four years on his way to giving the Democrats the White House. And Well, that's know, because Bush hated Reagan's policy. Yes. And, and people forget how much uh, this division that we're seeing now has gone back for generations now where Absolutely. you have this these two classes of republicans and and you kind of have the same thing on the democratic side where you have the the engineered folks and then you have um the bernie sanders wing who is right. you know shunned and and probably rightly so because they're crazy lunatics but at least those folks care about kind of the american people and you know are they're more populist and right. um so like but on the right you've got the the bushies and the and the mccains and the romneys and and you know on and on and it started with reagan and they hated reagan and yeah. tried to undermine him and did undermine undermine him well i mean starting in 1988 they remade the Republican Party in their image, and it lost 92, 96. Well, it lost four of the next six elections. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, you know, but for uh, Gingrich in 1994 with the contract for America, which was that Reagan coalition that then became yeah. the Tea Party and, and then became MAGA, um, you know, and then actually the Tea Party. But for that, between 88 and 2016, there were no conservative victories of any of any note whatsoever. Yeah. And so and this is what Nikki Haley represents. All right. Is a return to loser Republican politics with no respite for the voters. Um, and that might have been somewhat tenable when the Democrats that you were up against were the Clintonites or, you know, kind of pointy-headed Mike Dukakis losers, all right? But once they became the community organizing, Obamunist type people who, you know, will not refuse to lose and will not stop at anything uh, in order to gain political power, okay, you can't afford Bush Republicans when that's the opponent. And so, you know, this is what Haley represents. I think we both agree that Nikki Haley is a uh, non-starter uh, as a presidential candidate. I think we've already seen that by the the uh, reactions of the voters in the two caucuses slash primaries that we've seen. Uh, and hopefully she'll be gone from the scene fairly soon. So, um that's pretty much it for this segment. Melissa, you got anything uh, that you want to add? Nope. She's she's the party um, 
She represents the part of the party with solutions to problems that no longer exist and without the gumption to deal with the problems that actually do. Mm -hmm. And so it, she needs to stop and she needs to go away. And the, the hangers on to her politics need to do the same. They need to get with the program and wake up and realize the position that the, the, the United States of America and the world is in right now. And it is not in the position to be doing what's been done to solve problems that used to exist, but to solve the problems that exists today in the world as it exists today. And so that's what needs to happen. And so enough of this BS, I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of, uh, you know, and ultimately who wins here? The consultants. There's a same group of consultants giving bad advice to the same group of bad people and always losing. And enough of them too. So goodbye yep. to them. All right, well, thanks, Scott. And thank you guys for listening. Like and subscribe and share. And uh, tell us what your thoughts about Nikki Haley. Is she the savior of the of America and the Republican Party? <laughs> we'll see. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the uh, Spectacle Podcast here at the American Spectator.